Gophers fans, the sky is not falling. There's no need to panic. There's a lot to do, but it can be done, and we're going to talk about it today. Stop freaking out. You are locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Uh, Golden Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcast. Find us at Locked On Golden Gophers. Now, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college terms and conditions apply. Now, folks, the season is early. I get it. We've suffered our first loss, but in today's show, we typically, we do a recap. We do where we went right, where we went wrong, and then we talk about some PFF grades. We're scrapping the PFF grades today, and we're, we're going to jump into, you know, how this impacts our chances at the West and why there is no need to jump ship right now there's no need so we're going to talk about that and we're going to start off with that because i just feel like tensions are high people are escalated we just need to bring it down bring it down don't panic the sky is not falling there's so much so much overreaction out there right now in the ether and it's time for you to take a breather go outside take a stroll Breathe in that brisk fall air and then reset and get ready to row. This is the show where we always continue to row through the bad, through the good. Now, we had some bad this weekend. We had some bad. And the panic right now, the actual panic, people are like acting like our season is over. Folks, folks, many, if not all, did not project this team to go 12 and 0 did not project this team to go 11 and 1 no a lot of people who had high expectations for this squad predicted them to go 10 and 2 or 9 and 3 and still either win the west or be scrapping to win the west that's still all on the on the table that is still all a possibility In fact, in my projections that I posted, and you can find them on Twitter, or you can listen back to our scheduling episode, five key games and whatnot that I talked about way earlier in the offseason, I brought up that Purdue is a huge game that I think we could sleep and drop because Purdue is a good team, especially offensively, and because the Gophers could be coming off of a high, winning a huge game in East Lansing, and then they come out hazy, come out sleepy, in that next game. And that is exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened. It was a possibility from the start. Now, Purdue's defense stood stood up. They they were a lot better than they have been in years past. 
and they won in the trenches. That's how they got this W, but it's not time to freak out over that. We're still heavily in there. We still can be the favorites in the division, but it's time to go and take it and show out moving forward. These next two weeks are huge. These next two weeks are huge, but I want to tell you what this panic seriously reminds me of. It seriously reminds me of our weather, our weather. And if you're from Minnesota, if you're from the Midwest, you understand like every year there's a first snowfall. It's not a huge snowstorm usually. It's usually something moderate, mild, lighter even maybe. And traffic is absolutely terrible because 75% of the drivers out there internally freak out and act like they've never driven in the snow before. And it's, it's not like it's the biggest snowfall. It's not like it's something we've never been through. It's just because it's the first one. And they freak out. That is exactly what this feels like. There's few snowfalls that happen later. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, we're still, we're good. We've been through snow. We, we know we can get past this. But for some reason, that first snowfall makes everybody go bonkers not everybody about 75 percent of people maybe even 65 percent of people but those 65 percent instill worry or fear or whatnot into others who don't typically have it well it's time to prepare for it now like i said prior to the season no one was saying this team was going to be 12 and 0 or 11 and 1 we're still on track Shoot, if we win out, we can be 11-1. That's a possibility. Like we said, we can win each and every game this season if the Gophers are playing their best ball. Now, this week, we were not playing our best ball. We weren't. Plain and simple. In fact, I'd like Purdue, respect them. Give them credit. But really, they weren't the reason we lost this game. We are the reason we lost this game. We played so bad, especially on offense, yet we were in the game until the final three minutes playing terribly so this team is clearly good and when they play even moderate middle they're mid-level they're in the games when we play our best we're destroying teams there's a lot of season left now the next two games are key in my opinion uh first illinois then Penn State. Now, luckily, we have the bye week to prepare. Now, that being said, the bye week probably will cause more negativity in the fandom because there's such a long period before the Gophers can try to redeem themselves. But for the Gophers, the bye week is great because we can prepare for a team that is thriving right now. Illinois has won some big games. They just smacked Wisconsin. Uh, they beat an, uh, I'm slipping on who they've beat so far, but they've beat some decent teams. They beat Virginia by a good amount. Uh, I know they lost to Indiana. So losing to Indiana, that tells you this is a team that can be had. Indiana lost to Nebraska. And Illinois lost to this Indiana team. It tells you that the Big Ten, anything can happen. You can lose to Purdue on your worst game of the season. But like I said, these first two games, we have the extra preparation. If we win both, if we win both of these next two games, we are firmly back in the driver's seat. Because our schedule really tails down after that until we get to the final two games. So if we win both of these next two games, we're back in the driver's seat, firmly ready to keep rowing forward. Now, if we split, we're still in contention. Our schedule gets much lighter, as I said. But if we split, 
Hopefully we would take the Illinois one for sure because that will help us more in our division. It will set a team that is one of the four true contenders that it looks like in the West. It would set them back a peg and put us in front of them. So the Illinois game we really want to take, but as long as we split one between PSU and Illinois, I think we're fine. Now talking about those four contenders, talking about the four teams that really look like they could take the West, it's Purdue, Iowa, Illinois, and Minnesota to me. Purdue still has Maryland coming up next. They've got Iowa. They've got Wisconsin, which Wisconsin might not be good right now. They might be struggling. They might be having issues. They just fired their coach, but they're still going to bang out some wins. They're still going to be competitive in some games. So you got Maryland, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Illinois all still on Purdue's schedule, all still games they could drop. That's four teams. You got Iowa, who still has Illinois, still has Ohio State, still has Purdue, still has Wisconsin, and still has us. That's five games they still have to trudge through that could go either way without having a bad game. Those are games that could go either way down to the final minute because both teams are competitive. Now, they could still drop games to lower teams. All these teams could with a bad game. But that's five games still on their schedule. Illinois has four left still with Iowa, Minnesota, Purdue, and Michigan. And then you've got Minnesota with Illinois, Penn State, Iowa, and Wisconsin. Now, of those schedules I just listed off, I would much rather have either Minnesota's schedule or Purdue's schedule than Iowa's or Illinois'. So these next couple weeks are going to be big. You want Minnesota to come out with both victories, clearly, but as long as we split, we should be in contention. So, like I said, hopefully that calmed you down a little bit. Hopefully that lets you take a little breather, but that there we're we're still in this thing. We're still in the thick of it. We're still ready to go. So, it's time to move forward. It's time to prepare. It's time to continue to row. Now, we're going to recap this game and that's what's coming up next. But first, let's talk about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. You got to finish the year off strong. You want to finish it off strong. If you're hiring, That's the best way to finish it off strong is bringing in a top-notch quality candidate to help you kick off 2023 in the best way possible. Make it the best year ever. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check in. Check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find people for your team faster and for free. All you have to do is go on, you create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs, then you add a purple hiring frame on your profile so your your connections, your network can see that you're hiring and they can help spread the word. They have simple tools like screening questions, easy to focus on, makes it a lot easier to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so that way you can get the right people quickly and prioritize them for scheduling an interview. It's why small businesses make LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Now LinkedIn jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedinjobs.com slash locked on college. Again, that's LinkedIn jobs 
youtube.com slash locked on college. That's a free job post right there for you. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so now that we've kind of hopefully instilled some calm in you that we can look forward, we can keep growing, and we can get ready for this Illinois game like the Gophers are, let's recap what happened at Purdue, talk about how we went wrong, where we went right. That's all coming up here. Now, first, we're talking about a recap, and Tanner Morgan struggled through the air a little bit, uh, 55 completions percentage. He did have 257 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. Now, those turnovers were brutal. One of them, absolutely not his fault, uh, and that was in the end zone. Michael Brown Stevens flat out dropped the ball in his attempt to try and secure it at the last second, tip the ball up, and the Purdue defender picked it off in the end zone, taking away a scoring opportunity for us, taking away a touchdown for us, and that was a huge play in this game. So Tanner, completion percentage-wise, wasn't super sharp. We did have two other turnovers. One of them was just a heave at the end of the game, trying to keep us in the fight, and it was picked off. So again, some of these, not necessarily fluky, but not things that you should be heavily concerned about because it wasn't completely on Tanner as far as a bad decision making like the decisions were decent on those two interceptions the first one it was just tipped by the D lineman and then a a secondary person came up and caught it so all of them weren't like blatant terrible how did you miss that and throw it directly no it wasn't the case there so it at least lets you breathe a little bit easier there now the rushing room the running room absolutely struggled in this game. Trey Potts, nine attempts for 10 yards. Bryce Williams, 11 attempts for 35 yards and a touchdown. And then Tanner Morgan had five attempts for two yards. I believe we had 47 total rushing yards in this game. That's rough. That's brutal. That's not what we're used to seeing. And that also has to do with our Heisman level running back not being in the game that's gonna hurt you no matter what being a last second scratch now he was close for the game coach pj flex stated at the press conference after the game but it just didn't happen and we felt it now it wasn't all on the running backs we know that these running backs can pop off they've shown that before even with mo not on the field we've seen trey potts go wild we've seen bryce williams have big rushing games But this offensive line did not give them a hope, not give them a chance, not give them a prayer. It was a rough one. And we usually see one of those type of games each and every year where the offensive line just somehow forgets to block. They just forget. It happens every year for Gophers fans. This was that game. Now hopefully with the bye week, with some extra preparation, we can shake that off and move forward. But this game did no favors for the offensive line this game is a game where chuck filiago was rotated out due to some issues quinn carroll was just getting absolutely obliterated on the right side of the line it was tough flipping over to the pass catching side of things brevin had three receptions for 53 yards daniel jackson went bananas had six receptions for 110 yards Michael Brown-Stevens, two receptions for 25 yards. Bryce Williams, five receptions for 33 yards. And Trey Potts, one reception for eight yards. 
not the greatest day through the air. Brevin and Daniel Jackson both showed flashes, both showed signs. Those got to be guys that we get involved every day, every game. They've got the talent. They've shown it. They put it on tape. Now it's time to work them in more. More than just a few handful of plays where we get the spark and everybody goes wild. More consistently. Finding ways to get your guys the ball. Think of the Vikings with Justin Jefferson. They weren't getting him the ball and it was looking ugly in some of those games. And versus the Eagles, especially. But even versus the Lions in some capacity, not getting him the ball made it look ugly. You start to get him the ball versus the Packers, versus the Saints, and let him do his thing, no matter how creatively you get him the ball, he finds a way to get it done. These are guys that we have to find a way to get them the ball so they can find a way to get it done. Defensively, honestly, this was a bookend game for the defense. The ends were bad. The opening drive in the last two minutes of the game were bad for the defense. I'm just going to be flat out, straight up honest with you. But inside those book bookends, we saw the, the defense weren't used to, the consistency, the hard hitting, the forcing turnovers, the deception, the stunts. The It, it was all there. It was all there. It was like the defense recovered, and then all of a sudden, they were on the field too long. And, you know, this defense can keep you in the game, as we saw, but it was just a tough one. 359 yards for Purdue's offense, 304 for Minnesota. On third downs, we held them to four third down completions out of 13 attempts. But on the flip side, Minnesota had its worst game on third downs for the offense, four for 12. Uh, Looking at the red zone, Purdue was three for three and Minnesota was one for three. You can see the trend of why this game went terribly for the Gophers. Now, we did have two sacks. We did have six pass breakups. We had two interceptions and a fumble. Now, that should show you the high end this defense can produce. But the the issue in the opening drive and the end of the game, the last two minutes, last two and a half, three minutes, tons of missed tackles. Tons of missed tackles that we don't see from the Gophers. This Gophers team has been one of the best open field tackling squads in the nation. And that was not on display in those two instances of the game where it really hurt. Those were the only times where Purdue scored was in the opening opening of the game in the final two minutes. The times where the Gophers defense was not up to its caliber. Now, the the biggest thing that we're going to stress as we go move into the final section of today's show is where we went wrong and where we went right. And there are some massive things to talk about in that area that's coming up next but as we do we have to talk about our friends over at bet online bet online is where you can get all of the latest and greatest sports wagering information when it comes to anything whether that be ncaa football whether that be ncaa basketball which is rapidly approaching you've got hockey you've got pro sports you've got esports all of that you can find over at bet online and they've got some fun things out there they've got who the next coach to be fired is and i bet you paul chris wasn't high on that list but it happened he was the fourth official coach fired this season now we've had scott frost fired from nebraska we've had the coach at georgia tech fired then you had carl durrell over at colorado fired and somehow they had decided to hire Mike Sanford as their interim head coach, so I'm not sure why you want to make things worse 
in the program as we know that offense is worse but we'll see how it finishes out for the buffs and then Paul Chris was fired at Wisconsin for coaching changes, but that one caught us by surprise. You can find odds for the next coach over at BetOnline. It's wild, it's fun, but they have all the latest odds, money lines, and more over at BetOnline where the game starts. All right, so we're gonna close this show off with where we went right and where we went wrong. We're gonna start with the negatives. We're gonna start with where we went wrong, so hopefully we can pick this back up and be ready to go for Illinois next week. Next week, not this week, next week. First off, the number one thing where we went wrong in this game and the reason we ultimately lost this game was self-inflicted wounds. Think about this. I'm gonna put you back into the game. I'm sorry, I know it hurts. I know, I feel you. But think about this, self-inflicted wounds. We had a touchdown that was scored off of a defensive pass interference. Questionable call, but it happened. You don't want to put yourself in that situation. The defensive pass interference was on third and goal, which means you break that up, which he did break it up, but there was some contact there. You break that up, it's a field goal as opposed to a touchdown. Their first touchdown comes off of that. Then they score a field goal following that on their next offensive drive because we go for it on fourth and one or fourth and two. I believe it's fourth and one on our own territory, on like the 28-yard line of our own territory. And the blocking was abysmal on a play that we usually could convert on, but even then, that risky play right there flips the field, gives them a field goal. We held them to a field goal. Our defense shows out, love to see that, but hold them to a field goal, they get 10-0 right there. So you don't turn that over, you're still looking at a 3-0 game with those two self-inflicted wounds cleaned up. It's a 3-0 game. Then we go down and we miss a 28-yard field goal, a chip shot, just overcompensated. That would have been 3-3. Then when we're coming back down the field on a different drive, we have a perfect pass on a slant route by Tanner Morgan to Michael Brown Stevens, hits him, in the numbers, drops the ball, it's tipped and intercepted. It's it's a routine catch. Right there, you make that catch. If you clean up these self-inflicted wounds, it's 10-3 Minnesota. That's literally all of their points at half and took away 10 points from us at half. That doesn't include the field goal that we did make in the first half. So it could have been 13 to three in the first quarter. If we play the style of football that we play, we play to the caliber, to the level that we play. I say we, cause I'm covering the Gophers and you understand what I'm saying, but that's how big of a difference those self-inflicted wounds make. The, it was just, it was just, we we're in it the whole time. And then missed tackles at the opening And at the end of the game, the bookends, those missed tackles that we don't do, self-inflicted, led to a score at the end of the game that put us out of reach on a 68-yard explosive run that, credit to him, credit to Maccabee, we talked about him with our friends on the Purdue episode uh, with Adam and uh, Steve, and they told us Maccabee had crazy legs. 
He put it to the. He put it out there. He showed us. He showed us on that play especially. And that closed the game. You take away the self-inflicted errors, not even all of them. If you take away half of them, take away three out of the six that I just named, the Gophers probably win this game. Playing their worst, playing abysmal, playing bad, especially on the offensive front. You take away half of the self-inflicted wounds and we still walk out with the win. And this wasn't a bad team. This wasn't a team that you look at it and you're like, we just lost to the worst team in the conference. No. They should have beat Penn State. They had self-inflicted wounds, and they lost to Penn State, who is now a top-10 team in the nation. They should have beat Syracuse, had some self-inflicted wounds, lost to Syracuse, who is also undefeated and ranked right now in the season. This Purdue team is not bad. It could be 5-0 had it not self-inflicted wounds on itself. So, yes, we lost this game. Yes, it's frustrating. Yes, those self-inflicted wounds are where we went wrong, but all hope is not lost. Now, the second issue of where we went wrong was our offensive line, like I said, was having a terrible time. Terrible time. Quinn Carroll was getting his teeth kicked in, plain and simple. Anytime we tried to do an outside zone run, especially to the right end, he was getting obliterated, annihilated, dismantled. It was embarrassing. I'm not going to lie to you. Now, is that the type of play that he has? No. Has he had some issues here and there throughout the season? Yes. But not that bad. Not that bad. And that offensive line caving in very quickly, very fast all game makes it nearly impossible to run the ball. Now, we saw some improvements coming out of the half, coming out of the halftime, and we were able to get something going on the ground. But at that point... We also needed to start coming back. We also needed to start getting it through the air. In the running game, it just wasn't there. It just wasn't there. And losing Mo Ibrahim is going to do that to you, but it should not make it that different that the offensive line just gets pummeled. So I think that was more of a fluke than the rule. We're going to find out as we head into these next two very challenging games, but... I think we'll see improvements, especially having this bye week of preparation. It's going to help for the team, but the O-line got to do better. The third and final thing of where we went wrong was special teams issues, starting with the missed field goal, starting with a huge missed field goal in the first half. Can't have it. Can't have it. But that wasn't it. There were two punts in this game that could have been game-changing, that you felt the energy shift where we get the ball back on the punt. And the crowd goes wild. The the team, a spark lights. Uh, you can see the visible energy from the team. Then the wind comes out of our sails for both of them as we touched the ball. And it wasn't even our fault completely, but it's all about positioning. It's all about how you place yourself. But... Again, it's hard to predict. But the fact that the ball lightly touched the leg of a player before we were able to come through and get it uh, after a Purdue player went for it or after it bounced off of our helmet on one occasion, it's just it's things you can't control. But the issues there did lead to a little bit of momentum and energy being taken out of the Gophers team on both occasions, and especially on the missed field goal. 
we got to clean it up. We got to have we got to have the ability to capitalize and not cause those type of errors. Again, it's not fully on the players. It's not like they want to hit the have the ball hit them in the head, but it's all about spacing. It's all about being in the right positions. And right there wasn't our best situations. Now, that was probably the most minor of those three of where we went wrong. Self-inflicted wounds being the number one and the top thing. But let's talk about where we went right really quick as we wrap up this show. We went right with forcing turnovers. We honestly could have had way more. There were at least two drop picks in this game. And we didn't capitalize there. But forcing the turnovers helped keep us in this game and helped keep us down to the wire up until the final three minutes of the game. The defense was showing out. It was just that last three minutes. That one hurt us. But the forcing the turnovers was beautiful. Now, it's back-to-back games where we've had three turnovers. That's six turnovers in two games. If we can keep that trend going, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Now, the second point I want to bring up is the secondary played lights out. Now, tea time was hampered by uh, injury or a tweak twice in this game. And the second time he did leave... For the majority of the game, Beanie Bishop still came in, stepped up, balled out. We held Charlie Jones, uh, Chuck Sizzle, to, I believe, 54 total yards. It was pretty low. It was, I think, one of his lowest of the season. On top of that, Aiden O'Connell had like two over, over 200 pass yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. If you told me heading into this game that Aiden O'Connell threw for only uh, just above 200 yards zero touchdowns and two interceptions, and you told me that at the end of this game, and I didn't watch it, I'd probably tell you the Gophers won. That should tell you how much it was on ourselves as opposed to Purdue really taking it away. And again, some I had Purdue fans chatting it up, yapping in my mentions, talking about how the Gophers allowed Purdue to tear them up on the ground. Hold on for a second here. They allowed a walk-on freshman to tear them up. He had 100 yards. Hold on for a second here. 72% of that dude's production came in the final three minutes of the game, basically on one broken play, but he had probably three or four carries at the final three minutes of the game where he got majority of his production. Let's cool it on that one. Self-inflicted errors. Your your walk-on freshman had all credit to him. He earned the explosive play. He made it happen. But let's not act like he was pummeling and tearing us up the entire game. No, that wasn't happening. So the secondary was lights out. They were playing fantastic. Wally looked good. Tea time looked great. And the safeties, whew, whew, they were, they were nice. Howden, Newbin, love to you, credit to you, props to you. Newbin forced fumble, Newbin interception, Howden interception, and Newbin almost had another interception. Had he looked like he was going for the tackle, a big tackle off of a pass to the right sideline, and then it over it in overthrew the receiver. And Newbin was there for the interception, but he had almost already considered committed to the tackle and wasn't in the good position for the interception and went between his hands. He almost had a two interception, one forced fumble day. That would have been nutty, crazy. But secondary was playing lines lights out, and then finally. Daniel Jackson stepping up for this team. He was impressive. Yards after catch was crazy. He was a yak monster. 
he had 110 yards on, I believe, six receptions. But one thing that was also impressive is almost every single one of those receptions, he broke the first tackle. He would have somebody there to tackle him close after his reception, breaks it, and gets more yak. It was impressive. The swagger, the confidence. Daniel Jackson looks impressive. And we're going to close the show with P.J. Fleck talking about Daniel Fleck, or Daniel Jackson, not Daniel Fleck, uh, at the press conference after the game and the growth that he has shown. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Jackson is a really important player for us. I mean, you can tell he, he can play on the inside, plays on the outside. He's really aggressive. Uh, does really, really well with the ball in his hand after, after the catch. And again, he's still, quote-unquote, a young player, hasn't played a ton of football yet. So he's still gaining a lot of that knowledge, but we're going to rely on him heavily. You know, Michael Brown Stevens and Daylon Wright and Clay Geary and Lamecki Brockington. And, you know, we, we've got to keep playing better. Everybody's got to be able to play to their standard and uh, take that very personal. And I know they will, but he's a dynamic player for us. He's going to be. Uh, and we trust him with a lot right now. All right, so get pumped. We have a wide receiver who's out there flashing, and that's going to do it for us on today's episode of Lockdown Golden Gophers. All hope is not lost. We are ready to move into the Illinois week where we got to go in and take a dub and reestablish ourselves. Have a great day. Have a great week. It's time to keep rowing. The show where we always continue to row. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Row the boat. Sky you Go Gophers.